Welcome to the Person and the Power podcast with Pastor Tim Johnson, as he invites us to cultivate a deep and profound relationship with the Holy Spirit of the living and loving God. After 25 years of ministry, Pastor Tim's desire is that all of us would experience both the Spirit's transformational intimacy and the supernatural activity in our daily lives. Now, here's Pastor Tim. So let me preface this podcast with, I was not drunk. (laughs) Okay, so I can't say that I haven't drank throughout college in my young adult life. And I know there's a raging debate among Christians sometimes about should you drink, can you drink, is it, le- is it right to drink legally to God, you know. And I've got my biblical opinions on that. That's not the reason for this podcast. But I, I did drink as a college student and then as a young adult. But I was not drunk. In fact, I can honestly say I have never been drunk. I, I, I don't remember a single time of all my drinking. And, and I will say I drank not a lot, but I did drink enough where I could have been drunk. But for whatever reason, I just I stopped short of that. Um, yeah, I just I do not remember ever being so inebriated that I passed out, lost you know, any kind of uh, concept of time. I, I just don't remember any of those moments. In fact, I know there weren't any of those moments. I've never been drunk. So that's why I can earnestly, honestly say to preface this story, I was not drunk because I've never been drunk. Have I, again, drank alcohol? I have. Is that right by God? Is that okay for Christians? You know, again, a topic of another podcast. So I'm in college, University of Kentucky. I was not going to go to college. I was very content on being, I'm an outdoor person, love the outdoors. I spend more time outdoors than I do indoors in any kind of weather. It's not just nice weather. I'm always walking. I walk in rain, snow, sleet. In fact, snow and sleet, as some of you know, is kind of a couple of my favorite types of weather, elements of weather to run and walk in. Love the fog. I really love the seasons. I don't think I'll ever move unless God tells me. I just don't see myself being in a place where there's only one climate. I love the changes of the seasons. I love the different temperatures, hot, cold. I've got a friend of mine, dear friend of mine, Glenn Ayers. He hates cold. He absolutely hates the cold. And I love the cold. We go, I give him a hard time because he can't wait for summer. And I'm a fan of fall and winter as well. So anyway, I'm a fan of weather. I walk and, and enjoy all types of weather. So I love being outside. And as I was probably 18, you know, 17, 18, I had a pretty decent business kind of starting in landscaping. I was doing a lot of painting outside, especially outdoor painting, patio, or refinishing patios and decks. And, and, and I loved landscaping and gardening. So I was content to be okay having my own own business. I'd run, in a sense, I had my own business even as a lawnmower, small lawnmower business when I was 14, 15, 16, when I would mow the neighborhood yards all the way back in you know the 19, you know, late 1970s and with you know a little push mower, 
in that day, lawnmowers were pretty easy to kind of repair carburetors and, and, and spark plugs. And that's about it, you know, but so I was content at age 17, 18 to just go my own way, be in business for myself, not go to, to college. I didn't high school. It wasn't like it wasn't fun. It just, I didn't apply myself. I was not a student. Um, I just never, you know, again, the only time I ever applied myself in any kind of educational setting was seminary. That's, of course, after I was born again. Now I'm taking things really seriously because now I'm realizing God's calling me and trying to equip me to, to be a pastor, preacher, uh, at least a theologian of, of some sorts to make sure I'm teaching and preaching the right thing. So anyway, all that to say, I had no intention of going to college. My girlfriend at the time convinced me to go to college. So I went to University of Kentucky in Lexington. No, I do not bleed blue. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a Louisville Cardinal fan in sports. But anyway, so I go there because that's where she was going. And so I am there. We're, it's probably my, I want to say sophomore year, uh, maybe junior year, maybe junior year. So I'm probably 20 years old. Let's go with that. I think we're, I think I'm 20 years old. She's a senior at Kentucky. I'm a junior and we are coming home for Thanksgiving break, right? Her to her home and me to my home. And, but it's Wednesday afternoon, evening, we're getting ready to leave. And so it's the Wednesday before the Thursday of Thanksgiving in November. It is that kind of weather. If you remember, if you, you know, this kind of weather where it's, it's about 39, 40 degrees. So it's just, it's not like frigid cold, unless you're Glen Ayers, <laughs> but, and it's not, obviously it's not warm, but it is cool, cold enough where if you're driving an older car, the defrost is a night is nightmarish to try to control because you're always, you just don't, I mean, it's always fogs up on the inside, outside, something. And so I had a, I'm pretty sure at that time I was driving a, 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 a old green Chevy Nova and so I'm driving home. It is probably, I'm going to say around nine, eight, nine, ten, eight, not, I don't think it's much later than 10. So somewhere in the eight, nine o'clock range. I remember we had just stopped through McDonald's. I want to say maybe Harrodsburg somewhere as we we're getting on the Bluegrass Parkway. So if you know anything about this area of the country and the Bluegrass Parkway, it's a, it's pretty sparse of traffic. It's a, actually a really pretty road to drive, a highway to drive, but it's, there's not a ton of traffic. So the good news is, or bad news is when you're driving on the Bluegrass Parkway, you can go pretty fast. And at, at least in the day, there weren't, a, it wasn't patrolled a lot by highway patrol or, or state police. It just wasn't, it wasn't patrolled a lot. So eight, nine o'clock, it is 39, 40 degrees. And it is foggy, it is damp, it is just, it is a cool, cold Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, and I'm driving home. So we've just finished going through drive, uh, the drive-thru at McDonald's. We've got our, I guess, Coca-Colas, whatever we were drinking in our cup holders. And my windshield kept fogging up. The defrost in this thing just was not working. I could not get that right temperature. You know, when you're at that place where the outside temperature, the inside temperature, 
add to that, it's an older car. The defrost probably wasn't working well anyway. The blower was not blowing the way it needed to blow. But you just can't get, anybody know what I'm talking about? This place in your windshield where you just, that temperature on the outside, inside, you do everything you can do. You just can't get the windshield to that place of perfection where you're not having to either turn the wipers on to remove the mist and the fog from the outside or, and this was the issue here, you had to do something with the inside mist and fog and that, that's that when the inside starts fogging up. So that's what was happening to, to us as we were driving home on the Bluegrass Parkway coming from Lexington, going back home to E-Town, Kentucky. So I am trying my best to keep, and every now and then I reach up and put, you know wipe with my hand or my sleeve. So finally, I reach in the bag, my, the McDonald's bag, and I grab this wad of napkins that they had given us. And you know it was back in the day because today if you go through a drive-thru, you get either one napkin, half a napkin, or no napkins, right? Anybody, amen, right? <laughs> so in the day, they would give you, four, you know, 45 napkins. And then they, if you ask for one more, they'll give you 45 more. And those were the ones that were in the side of your doors or in your consoles or in you know in your glove box so that you could always have napkins available right not anymore today so i've got this wad of napkins in my hand from the uh from the mcdonald's bag and i'm reaching up with my right hand so my left hand is on the wheel of my old chevy my green that old green chevy nova my right hand begins to wipe from right to left, right to left, back and forth, kind of like an inside windshield wiper so that I could see. And, and so every now and then I would try to stretch over in her, uh, on her, on the passenger side so she could see out because it was just fogging up and, and just condensation on the inside so badly that we just couldn't see. So I am um, wiping with my right hand, if you can imagine, right to left, right to left, back and forth, I believe I've always been a relatively coordinated person. I'm not saying I'm an elite athlete by any stretch of the imagination, but I think I've always been somewhat coordinated. I was a drummer in high school and I've played sports. I, I, I think I'm relatively coordinated. I'm also, um, there's this thing about me that I'm, I, I think a lot of times I am very syncopated. Does that make sense? So here's what was happening, right? I'm taking the my right hand, and as I'm going back and forth with my right arm, my right hand with the windshield, my left hand, which is on the steering wheel, is following in, in almost in tune. So <laughs> what's happening with the car? I am weaving in and out and out and in now of the lane, of the two lanes, because my left hand is trying to coordinate with my right hand just kind of this almost this sense of if my right hand is going back and forth and back and forth then the left hand has to do it but unfortunately the left hand was on the steering wheel and so here i'm going back and forth and back and forth from the left lane right lane right lane left lane now again praise god no traffic hardly any traffic and most of the time most of the time very little if any patrol in <laughs> except Wednesday night of Thanksgiving, that particular night. Yes, I got tagged, got pulled over for drunk driving. So uh, never before, never again. But 
I pull over. I'm thinking, I wasn't speeding. It never even dawned on me what I was being pulled over for. I thought, oh, no, I wasn't speeding. In fact, I had slowed up because I knew, I knew I was weaving back and forth in some sense. I kind of had this idea, I guess, but I was so intent on trying to wipe the inside of the windshield off from all the condensation. I had not even really thought through that I'm all over the place. I kind of had this sub, you know, subconscious idea and sense that, okay, I'm, I'm weaving in and out and in and out of lanes. But this, this I just, again, so coordinated at times in, in that regard where I just didn't even really consciously think about it. So I get pulled over. The officer comes out. I still remember, says, sir, would you be able to, would you step out of the car, please? And so I think first I give him the license and registration, insurance and all that. And then he asked me to step out. And he literally does a field sobriety test on me. And I keep, I'm, I'm like stunned. I'm, I'm literally like almost to the point of argumentative. Like, I, sir, how in the world, why would you even think I'm, I'm drunk? I don't have any, there's, I don't even, I, yes, I drink at times, but I don't, I've never even imagined in my wildest dreams I'd ever drink and drive. And like I said at the beginning, preface this, right? I've never been drunk. I certainly wasn't drunk that night. And I've never been drunk in my whole life. And so I was kind of bumfuddled, kind of just uh, just surprised and, and honestly a little frustrated that I'm being stopped for, and being given a field sobriety test. I don't know if you've seen the video of a female trooper who has stopped a very obvious drunk driver, but yet uh, he's giving she's giving him a field sobriety test. I don't know if you've seen this video, but she... He passes with flying colors. Even the the infamous, now the, the police officer didn't do this to me, but even the infamous recite the alphabet from back to, to, to forward. So from Z to A. Who does that? Who can do that? This guy did in this video. This guy went from Z, Y, w, I mean, like what? I mean, and the, even the trooper said at the end, at the, as he were, as a, when he finished, the trooper said, well, that was impressive because <laughs> it was. And then he would uh, tow the line. He would walk the line. And then she would even like, it was kind of began to just be hilarious because she would add, literally she would add a, a dance step. Well, how about do this? You know, one, two, three, bump. One, two, three, bump. And he did everything. And then finally, at the very end of this video, I think it's a true video from the police car itself. I, and all of a sudden he says something about, yeah, I don't know. I'm just so drunk tonight. Oh, she says, oh, turn around. And she cuffs him, you know, because he just admitted he was drunk. So she, he gives me the field sobriety test. I walk the line. I don't do a breathalyzer. I don't remember doing a breathalyzer. And I do not remember reciting the alphabet from back to, to you know, from Z to A. I do remember reaching in, grabbing my McDonald's cup and letting him smell it. I took the, uh, the lid off and he actually smelled my Coke, my Coca-Cola. So I got released with a warning. So end of the story, I got released with a warning. And, you know, made for, made for a good story as I was coming home and told uh, my girlfriend's mom and dad, told my uh, mom and my family, I think on the next day of Thanksgiving, and that I got pulled over for drunk driving. And guess what? I wasn't drunk. So this switching lanes back and forth, as I was reading this beginning chapter of Romans 8, this, this treasure chest, this, this incredible mine of, 
uh, of gold and nuggets that are just precious. We could literally probably go verse by verse uh, in this for the next few weeks because Romans 8 is this incredible, every word, right, is inspired by the Word of God. Romans 8 just seems like it's dripping with anointing of this promise, of this of this incredible hope, of this sense of, because we've been, what we've been doing, what Paul's been doing in Romans 6 and Romans 7, Romans 6 is this, is the spiritual and physical consequence of sin. Remember, he sets this picture that sin is dead, but yet there's still power that sin has. We don't have to be controlled by the power of sin because sin is dead because of the work of Christ on the cross. But sin can still have a power over us. And so there is this spiritual and physical attributes. And, and really kind of in this sense that the, the wrestling is just believing by faith. Everything in the Christian walk is by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. We receive salvation. That is all the work of God's grace and mercy and work on the cross and through a tomb. All of the work is by God, but we receive it by great, by faith, right? We receive a baptism of the Holy Spirit by faith. We, uh, we walk by faith. We, we trust by faith. So everything, the key that we have to unlock this Christian life, the mystery of the Christian life is by faith. And so this similar in, in Romans 6, we've got to choose to believe in reality and in the spiritual realm, physical realm and spiritual realm, that this this the sin, the power of sin is dead. We've got to choose to believe that. So therefore, we can't keep saying, I'm a sinner. Been lately here the last several weeks, and I think kind of one of those places where the Lord has me right now to do a lot of teaching and preaching on being a sinner versus being a saint. If we are born again, you cannot be a sinner. And love what a rabbi, a Messianic Jewish rabbi said just a few weeks ago about the blood of Jesus being like bleach. If you've ever used bleach, bleach takes out a stain of uh, when used rightly, correct? However, if you just simply pour a bunch of bleach on a red shirt, what happens to that spot on that red shirt? It is forever white. It has now taken away the color, the dye that made that, that, made that shirt red. Same thing with the blood of Jesus. It makes us whiter than snow. It, it literally removes the stain of sin in our lives. All right? So never again to be stained again with the sin nature. So we, we, under, we have to understand that the blood of Jesus is much, more, is much greater than bleach, right? But it works in that similar way where, where, where the blood of Jesus has, has bleached our sinful nature. So that's what Romans 6 is all about. We cannot be sinners if we have been born again. We can be saints who sin, but we are no longer controlled by the sinful nature. So we're born again. Second Corinthians talks about a new, you know, behold, everything is new again. The old has passed away. What's old that's passed away? The sinful nature. What is new again? What is new? This, the, the Christ-like nature, the new nature that, you know, that's why, again, Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. So Anyway, this, this Romans 6 is the physical and the spiritual reality and consequence of sin. Romans 7, right? Why do I do what I don't want to do? Why do I don't do what I know I should do? Who's going to save this wretched man that I am? So this is this mental and emotional wrestling match, right? So think about, you know, in Romans 7, it's this mental and emotional battle that, that Paul paints that we will go back and forth and back and forth. So in Romans 6, 
the power of sin is dead, but we've got to choose to believe that. And then we've got to choose to walk into that power. Because if we don't walk into that power that is real, but if we don't if we don't appropriate that for ourselves, if we don't receive that for ourselves, if we don't uh, grab onto that by faith, take hold of that, Paul tells the church in the Philippines, I've taken hold, take hold of what Christ has taken hold of for you, right? So when you don't take hold of that, you are going to be in a world of hurt to believe that you are not a sinner. You're, 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 going, to, you're going to be in a real impossible place to believe that you're a saint because you're looking at yourself, you're not looking at the finished work of Christ. Is that making sense? So here's this, if you if you kind of connect the dots here. I'm reading Romans 6 and 7 again. I'm jumping into Romans 8. We're about to get to our verse here, right here. But when I read this verse in Romans 8, verse 1, I realize if we're not careful, we are going to live our lives switching lanes. We're going to live our lives going left to right to right to left to left to right to right to left when there should be no more reason of switching lanes. You don't have to switch lanes. Good news, folk. You don't have to switch lanes. Because now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1 This whole passage now, this whole chapter, begins this incredible, beautiful, good, great news. This impossible news made possible by the work of Christ, now by the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 2. And because you belong to Him, Christ Jesus, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from switching lanes. Okay, I added that part. But from the power of sin that leads to death. So now we're referring back to what was happening in Romans 6. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. Now he's referring to chapter 7. The spirit is willing. The flesh is weak. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we have, like we sinners have, Sinners before Christ, now saints. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Verse 4, he did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied. Somebody say fully satisfied. Fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. There are lanes on highways that we are supposed to follow. There are rules of the road that we're supposed to follow. Some of us do, some of us don't. But there are lanes. And if you know, you know as you drive, you know this, the center lane is either going to be uh, inter intermittent, which means you can pass, or it's going to be a single line, which means you do not pass. You follow those lines and you're going to be okay. You follow the speed limit, the posted speed limit. For the most part, you follow the speed limit. You're going to be okay. You stay in one lane, especially when there's traffic. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay when you follow the guidelines, when you follow the right way. The Spirit of God 
is the right way to live a life where you and I do not have to switch lanes as Christians. We don't have to go back and forth thinking, are we saved, are we not? Are we free of the power of sin, or are we not? Can we make a, a, a decision that doesn't feed our sinful nature or not? We don't have to keep switching lanes. Romans 8 is all about the good news that if we follow the Spirit, this is what we're going to see over the next few weeks now, as we follow the Spirit, we do not have to get pulled over for switching lanes, for driving all over, reckless driving, reckless driving. I was given a warning for drunk driving and reckless driving. I was not drunk. I did not think I was necessarily reckless because no one was around me. However, I was all over the place. I was from left to right to right to left. You and I don't have to live our Christian lives that way. Why? Because the Holy Spirit can guide us in the one lane that we need to stay in, the lane of trusting the Spirit of God so that we have the power over sin so we can do what God has called us to do. We do not have to live according to our sinful nature. We can live according to the nature that has now been born again in us. The Spirit of Christ empowered and equipped in us, given to us by the Spirit of God. That is the beautiful good news of Romans 8. Be blessed. Stay in one lane. Amen? Follow the Spirit. We'll talk a whole lot more about that in the weeks to come. Pastor Tim is the co-founder and teaching director of the Joshua Center, a leadership training ministry which provides deep biblical roots to great movements of God. He's also the senior pastor of Firmers Chapel, a country church by a creek, reaching 13 countries on four different continents for Jesus and his kingdom. Join us next time as we grow deeper in the person and the power.